Hey, Hockey Moms, check out BlueLineHockeyClub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Rocket Grips. has come out with a new grip that you can put over your stick with a little hot water. It molds right around your stick. It's a pretty cool product. You can have your logo on there, your team name. You can put your number on there. You can customize them however you want. They also have country flags that they have in stock, camo grips. Really cool product. Evolutionizing the way that people tape their sticks. So no more sticky grips that are going to rip your gloves apart so rocket grips is a great company on latvia over in europe so that's a pretty cool thing that the blue line hockey club has linked up with them so check them out rocketgrips.com Line Hockey Club, folks. We have episode 66 tonight. Another milestone for the boys at the Blue Line Hockey Club. We have the usual suspects in the house with us tonight. We have Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the local nerd on staff, our IT guy, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you doing, man? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweetos? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark, the Dr. Morley. Oh, Dr. Well, fellas, we're going to get into a little bit of the hockey news right away tonight. Uh, a little bit of change up on our schedule for the podcast. But we're going to get right into some hockey news and talk about what's going on in the NHL with all the trades and other nonsense that's going on in the league. So let's hop right into it tonight, fellas. Yeah. Starting to settle down a little bit. I mean, last week and the week before that, it was crazy. Every day was a crazy, outrageous trade. You couldn't really keep up. Now it seems like it's kind of slowing down a little bit. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy from one week to the next. So last week, we couldn't even figure out what the hell we were talking about because there were so many trades. <laughs> and this week's kind of been, you know, it's like every time my phone would ding, it was another trade going but uh, this week's been a little bit slower. There has been some stuff going on. Um, some of the things that we talked about last week started to come into fruition a little bit with some of these free agents. So things are still happening. You know, it's the summertime. The league's not going on. So things are a little bit slow, but we still have some news to talk about. One of the big things going on right now is, you know, New Jersey with all the additions that they made, you know, with PK and the number, number one pick in the draft. And they had uh, Simmons coming in from, uh, the, uh, Not a big news from Nashville. So that's yeah, that's some big news. And that now we got Hall talking about how he wants to stay in New Jersey. So what's going on with that contract? Yeah. Well, he signed through uh, July of next year, right? So you know, it's kind of like he's in that lame duck year. I guess would be what the situation is, right? And so he uh, he he's a, he's able to either you know stay through July of twenty. 2020 and then become an unrestricted free agent or he has the option to to sign like an eight-year uh, extension to his existing contract i don't know i guess that's his decision to make at the end of the day he's 27 years old um it's a team that looks like they're trending upwards so he came in he came via trade to to uh, the devils from edmonton too so this is uh you know this would be the last year of uh that that contract that came over from the trade and so He's got a decision to make. Um, he's a he's been a hell of a player for New Jersey. He's been kind of the uh, lead gun for them over the last couple of seasons. So, um, be interesting to see what happens. It's just a big decision from him, and like he too said, 
he has one season remaining on his seven-year contract worth six million dollars per season and he signed that contract with edmonton and that came over with them um to the Devils. so it's a pretty big decision like Derek said, he's still got a year, but uh, they just want to lock him up for the next eight years for some big money. And with, you know, all those additions they added, I don't think if they didn't add those players, he'd be gone, right? You guys think so? I'd be I'd be out of New yeah. Jersey, you know. You After know. this past year, definitely. Well, you know, yeah. listen, though, like, see, see what, so what he's probably doing is he knows that his value is low right now because he's coming off an injury. He missed 47 games last year, so... His value, you know, from a GM perspective is, you know, at a little bit of a lower point right now. So he's probably thinking, I, I don't know if I should sign this contract extension or try to bet on myself being healthy next season, having a putting up big numbers and then sign in a big time contract. You know what I mean? So the safe yeah. thing for him to do, the safe thing, you know, for him to do would be to sign sign that extension. The bet on myself thing to do is going to be I'm going to stay healthy next year and I'm going to put up big numbers, and I'm going to make big money in free agency. So that's where it's, that's what the yeah. decision boils down to, you know. So it's that, exactly. that's the this point, you know. What I mean, so it's it, in my opinion, that's all it is at this time, you know. So he's got a, he's he's probably just weighing: do I bet on myself? Do I take the you know the stable, you know what I'm used to thing and safe bet and just sign the extension? So yeah, be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think that you know his last contract being a six million dollar year contract is you know, fairly average for top players in the league right now. So this is his last and final big contract to sign. So if he's going to get that 10 million a year, um, those big numbers that the studs are getting, those franchise players are getting 10, 10, 11 million. Um, you know, Jersey comes in with that for eight years. I think you're, you know, retarded not to sign it because, you know, this is probably his last big contract. After that, he's going to be signing single seasons and, you know, might be retiring. So, you know, he's got to make some decisions based on what they come at him with. And if another opportunity comes, I think Jersey has the option of an eight-year deal and uh, the other teams only have an option of seven. So, you know, that'll factor into it too. If he can get an extra year at that at that tag, you know, that's big. Tough decision. He's a, he's a hell of a player though, man. I mean, before he got hurt, I mean, even the prior season, he's he's been a stud. So, I mean, I don't see him falling off too much, but you never know with injuries. I mean, he got the number one draft pick, Jack Hughes there. He could just be, you know, turn into one of the best players, one of the better players in the league. Some big news when that comes out, what he decides to do. Yeah, He's only 27. I mean, only 27. I guess that's a little bit old in sports now. But oh, yeah. even if he signed that extension, I mean, he's going to be, what, 35 if he if he lived out the entire term of that contract, which is still, in my opinion, young as hell, seeing how I'm an old fucker. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, that's uh, – I don't know. He's got a lot of life left in him, so see what happens. And that's definitely some big news though, that's still lingering out there amidst all the chaos. Yes, yeah, and it's tough for these GMs to predict how how a guy's going to play in his 30s, his 35, mid 30s. You know, um, you got a guy like Chiara still playing at 41. Um, it's yeah. you know, unheard of, but you know some other guys are falling off after 30, 31. So it's tough to judge that and predict eight years out of how a guy's going to play. Yeah, and he had surgery, like Derek was saying. Uh, he missed 47 games of last season. Arthroscopic surgery. They just took some like uh, fragments out of his knee, um, out of his left knee, which isn't a big surgery. They just make a little hole and go in there and pull it out with like tweezers almost. But still, that's kind of you know 
that's in their decision making. But uh, my, yeah, he's done a lot of. All right, well, boys, let's have, they must real quick though. They must have some kind of algorithm. These GMs must have like an algorithm, and that t- kind of tells them, you know, once they reach X point, their production drops off this much. You know, people—that's what people do—and they, I'm sure, they know how it all falls off as the years go by. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they do have numbers, and they, you know, I don't think it's. I'm sure they do. I mean, it's shots. How much? How long they stay on the ice? How many minutes? Their shift? Their seconds? Their shifts are things like that. All right, boys, let's switch it up and go over to Vancouver. They just had a, a signing of Furland up there at a four-year, four $14 million contract, $3.5 million a year. Yeah, that, that, that just happened. You know, not a huge contract, but still, hey, $3.5 million is not too shabby. Yeah, got some 40, uh, good talent, talent yeah, 40, out there. 40 points last year, um, 17 goals, 23 assists, and um, he was talking about how they have some young talent up there in Vancouver, and he's excited to stay there. Uh, Brock Bosner, uh, Pedersen. Bo Hovart, uh, that's how you say his last name. But so he's he's excited to be there. Um, Vancouver, I think there's a kind of a sleeper. They have the other Hughes kid up there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They drafted him. You're right. And I think they pulled him up at the end of the year. Let's see what happens with him. And he was a bigger, big touted defenseman prospect. Be interesting to see what happens with him next year up in Vancouver. Now Pedersen, you know Gretzky's talked about him, reminding him of himself as a young player. You know he was kind of a I thought kind of a sleeper. I didn't realize how good he was going to be until I saw him play this year. And uh, sixty-eight points last year, man, for Pedersen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. before the season, I I thought, oh, he's a decent player. But then after watching him play, uh, I didn't realize how much of a stud he was going to be. Small kid, not very big guy either. Yeah, yeah really. He got pushed around a little bit too last year. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he get racked hard? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He got hurt last year. I remember, and that was like. You know, you look at him, he looks like he's like 12, too, out there. So, but obviously he's massively skilled. But let's, let's, face, it. Yeah, let's face it, Gretzky wasn't a big boy. You know, he was he, he was pretty frail looking, yeah. but he still lit up the world. So I still understand, like, still got to go up against some of these big defensemen in the corners. I mean, they just must get pounded, some of these small guys, you know. Because there's still these six, four, six, five defensemen that are playing in the league. Not, not all five, ten fast guys playing on defense. And uh, they must take a beating, man, even though they're not – they say they're quicker and they, they can get out of the way of the hits and stuff like that. But I think we talked to Clayton Keller about that a little bit when he was on the show. But still, I mean, if you get laced by some of these big guys, man, exactly. I mean, he's a big hitter too. Some of those boys put you into the boards. Um, <laughs> it's got to hurt, man. Pedersen, I mean, he's got a long neck. He almost looks like a giraffe out there. <laughs> <laughs> he gets hit hard. It almost looks like he gets like whiplash every single time. And but uh, yeah, he's skinny and scrawny, and he was getting beat up out there. But he was able to put up some points and some and dangle. You know, I saw him dangle a few people. So yeah, he was a. You're right though, Mark. Though you like a guy like Big Fucklin out there. You know, you think lay into that guy, you could fold him like a fucking accordion. So I mean, it's like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it is tough to to picture in your mind because you we obviously are like a little bit more old school kind of hockey players. So like, I, I don't understand how those smaller guys hold up over the uh, attrition of a season. But I guess if you're fast enough, quick enough, got your head on a swivel, maybe you'll survive out there. And they're putting up big points, so we can't talk too much about them. Yeah, and there's, yeah. it's just kind of the new generation. I mean, some of these guys, even Jack Hughes isn't a big kid. If you see him without his pads on, um, he's a pretty scrawny kid himself, you know. So yeah, it's just this yeah. new age hockey player where it's kind of, it's 
the game has changed, you know, the NHL is, and the USA Hockey have changed this game to allow some of these talented players um, to compete in the league. So, you know, like we said back in our day, at our size, you know, if you weren't a big guy, it wasn't even a chance you were going to get play in Division One level. If you weren't six foot plus, you weren't playing defense in the, in the Division One hockey at all. Things have changed. Yeah, body first. Body first. Clutch and grab, slowed the game down. It's all gone. So, all right, what's your next point? Blackhawks added some addition to their team with uh, Robin Liner. Yeah, that was. That was uh, we talked about that last week. Uh, that one-year contract, you know. He, he he was nasty for the Islanders this year, though. I mean, he was like one of their best players. I thought, you know, just yeah, to let definitely. him go. I thought that was kind of interesting to see. And the Blackhawks picking him up. Yeah. And that's you. That's a I, I, I don't know, like, if you're a finalist for the Vesna, don't you think you should get more than a one-year contract? Or do you think, you know, because he had some mental health issues, do you think the GMs took that into consideration? Or what? how come you wouldn't sign him for, like, a two-year, you know, would he sign a one-year for $5 million? Why wouldn't you sign him for two-year for, like, seven and a half or something? Lock him up for two years. I just don't understand the one-year, especially what he did last year. I mean, he's only he's only going to come into the season with more confidence. He got he can back up Crawford, so he's not playing every single game. Crawford's not playing every single game, so you know to maybe have those guys for two more years and you know get that chemistry between the two. You know, like we've been saying on this podcast, having those two goalies to take you deep into playoffs is pretty big. But uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, We'll see what happens. I haven't heard anything about Chicago's coach, right? They still have that young coach. What's his name? Jeremy Colton? As far as I know, yeah. And with, oh. with Crawford, real quick, with Crawford, he's missed uh, 80 games in the last two seasons with concussions. And if you know anything about concussions, that shit could come back real quick. You know, he gets hit in the head once. He could be out for another 40 games. Sure. And, you know, the more often you get them, the easier they come. So, you know, they got to have that in the back of their head. And like you say, I don't understand why they don't sign for more than a one-year deal, seeing that having a backup goalie is huge in the NHL, you know. Got to yeah. be that injury history. You know, the injury history is obviously hanging over the head. So It's not an age thing, you know. Like with Howard, it's an age thing. He keeps getting one-year deals, one-year extensions because of his age. But, you know, it's understandable. Speaking of age, boys, Zidane Chara is now the uh, oldest active NHL player with Matt Cullen retiring. So. Oh, is he? Char is taking the reign. The old broken jaw man. He's uh, taking it over. How many Who's players it? are in the NHL right now with with no uh, uh, half shield? There's not too many, yeah. right? Oh, my God. My yeah, that's gonna be weird, you know, to see no one out there. I mean, as we were, we were get you know just getting older, like ten or eleven, maybe even older, fifteen, sixteen. Um, the guys with the no helmets were kind of phasing out. Now it's the uh, guys without advisors are phasing out. What's it going to be next? The guys with the half shields phase out? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I remember the last guy. <laughs> the last guy. Who's the last guy you remember that didn't have a helmet on? It was Craig McTavish for me. Craig McTavish. Yeah. 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 What about Lanny McDonald? He didn't wear a helmet, did he? Nah, didn't. Uh, see the big red mu- mustache guy. The mustache master of Calgary. Yeah, no, he wore one of those weird ass. Yeah, he wore one of those yeah. weird ass like uh, mushroom. Brown Cooper. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what they were called. They had like the foam, you know, like the ear stuff that comes down over your ears, like just like a triangle of foam, basically. Yeah, yeah pretty gay. Yeah, 
So Char is 42 years old, man. The next oldest guy in the league now is Ryan Miller, goalie for uh, on the Ducks. So I mean, it's and he's 39 years old. So Char's Char's got a few years on everybody. So that's amazing though to wow. think that Char's still playing at a high level too. At 42 freaking years old. I just went for a Broken run. Yeah. I've been trying to go get back into running, and then I ran uh, three days ago. I just turned 40 on June 17th. Ran three days ago. Ooh. Went about three and a half miles. I don't know what the hell I did, but my knees not my left knee's not working anymore. So God bless you, Char. But God bless you, Char, for playing 42 in the NHL. Yeah, I mean that's got to help out the old bankroll too. I mean, if you've got that many seasons into this at whatever he makes these days, he's got to be making big money still. Um, you know, that's really helping his bottom line. Jesus Christ. I mean, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these pro sports. I mean, baseball's a little different, but you know, football. I mean, when are they done? Like 28. Some of these guys, yeah, yeah. I mean, you might have some guys playing in their early 30s. Well, you got Tom Brady breaking all that. You know, he's you know, quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, those guys played in their 40s, but Tom Brady's yeah. in his 40s. But if you're playing, if you're lining up knocking heads every day in the NFL, you're definitely not playing much into your 30s, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, linemen might play like three years, yeah, no doubt. I think the average, I think the average lifespan in the NFL is like three and a half years. So, well, how old is Gurkowski when he retired? 20? Yeah, he's in his 20s still, I think, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Twenty-eight 20, or twenty-nine. Yeah. He was on the. Uh, they interviewed him tonight on the ESPYS. The ESPYS are tonight, and um, what a. He's just uh, a big goofball, man. He was talking about him and his Dumb family. There, he's just you know out doing whatever he wants. That they they took the scooters, you know, like the lime or the bird scooters that you can uh, take off in the big cities. They just leave them anywhere. And he said his whole family jumped on him and we're cruising around la because they're at the staples center tonight and uh his brother or something i guess he had too many drinks in him and he freaking hit a curb and went flying <laughs> head over tea kettle he's like yeah he's right over there he probably needs stitches we'll go after though <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did hear like he was funny in hell yeah, yeah. He's, he's a meathead. I guess like him and his brothers when they, they were growing up, they were like punching holes in the walls at their house, and they were just like <laughs> these typical meathead kids. And he still is. He's still that big fucking goofball that that he was then. So he hasn't changed much. And the story that I've always heard about him was that he didn't spend a dollar of his uh, his salary the whole time he was in the NFL, and the only money he ever spent was his endorsement money. So that's probably yeah. why he can afford to retire whenever the hell he wants. He'll be all right. <laughs> He'll be a personality. He'll be like a TV personality going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'll, he'll, be like right. a, he'll be like, like Sarah Gusso. Yeah, he'll be like hosting The Bachelor or something at some point. Or, yeah. <laughs> Stupid shit like that. He's, that's all Jesse Palmer can do. <laughs> all right, well, we have uh, the, the the Carolina Hurricane news, if you want to get into that, Pat, um, with Ajo. Yeah, they uh, retained Ajo, um, you know, looking to build off their big season last year. You know, that was pretty big to uh, match that five-year, $42.27 million offer sheet given to Sebastian from uh, Montreal. So that was pretty big for uh, Caroline to keep him, their number one goal scorer. Um, young kid, what is he, 21-year-old? Yeah, 83 points, 30 goals, 53 assists. Leading scorer on the Hurricanes. Helped him reach the uh, Eastern Conference Final. Um, so that's pretty big, and you know who else did they get? What did they sign? Hala from uh, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, they they re-signed uh, Peter Morazic too, and in, in that for Peter Morazic, another big yeah. So uh, I'm hoping Carolina does big. You know, Peters and I live down here now in Raleigh. Um, it is pretty crazy to see the amount of fans down here in Raleigh that support the Hurricanes. Um, everyone's you know Hurricane fans. Every other car you see has Hurricane stickers. So it's pretty big uh, hockey city down here, and. Uh, Man, I'll be rooting for them right behind the wild, so I'll be watching them for sure. Going back to Ajo, I mean, if you're the GM of the Panther or the Panthers of the care of the Hurricanes, and you let him walk out of the building, I mean, you're just a complete fucking moron. I mean, you're, it, he's yeah. 21 years old and he's lighting the league on fire. You don't let guys like that get out of your building. So that's all he, I have to say about. He him. wasn't going to. He had it completely under control. <laughs> yeah, especially in the Eastern Conference too. I mean, they had, he was lighting it up with against some good teams. Good goaltending. Metropolitan, yeah, good goaltending. And for me, what I was going to say about Al is he, he kind of was a sleeper for me again where I didn't really pay much attention to him till the middle to the end of the season, and I started noticing this guy in all the highlight reels. And we even talked about it in a few of our podcasts. It's like, you see what this guy Ajo is doing? I mean, it wasn't at the beginning of the season that we were talking about him at all towards the end. I mean, he was on all these highlights, and he's putting up all these numbers, and he really progressed a lot this year. Pretty big staple for that team. Yeah, the Hurricanes general manager, Don Waddell, actually said that, you know, I'm quoting, the offer sheet didn't have anything in it that would make us think twice about about it, you know, signing it. So they were going to do whatever it, it took to keep him in a Carolina Hurricanes jersey. So, um, And I think, you know, Robbie even was there when, when he we had him. Uh, we were at their um, uh, uh, fan appreciation day. Prospect, he, he said as much at that development camp. You know, he told us all. Yeah, he was surprised it was that low yeah. as a player that he was. So um, that's big. And the other thing is, you know, with the Hurricanes farm team, the AHL team, the Charlotte Checkers, you know, that's pretty big for an NHL team, you know, confidence-wise to go into that season knowing that our farm team just won the Calder Cup, right? So – we have the ability to pull technically the best players in the AHL up, right? So going forward, that's pretty big, knowing you have this lineup that you have for the NHL, the show for the Hurricanes. And if anyone gets hurt, we have, you know, the Charlotte Checkers, which are two hours south of Raleigh, and uh, we can pull guys up from there, you know, I think uh, Theo Fleury's uh, nephew plays for the uh, um, Charlotte Checkers. Um, they had the uh, the MVP of the Calder Cup, Andrew Poltorowski. He had he was like the leading scorer in the NHL. They have some guys down there for the Charlotte Checkers that they could easily bring up if anyone gets hurt, which is huge. So really big for Carolina going forward. Did you guys just see that uh, the Checkers signed uh, Ryan Warsawski, the the new head co- head coach there? Did you guys see that? It was yeah, just today. I did see that. Yeah. Now was he assistant, Rob? I don't know much about him. Do you know he was the assistant coach for the Checkers or no? I'm pulling it up now. I think he was the assistant coach, the head coach. So I got a funny story about this. So I actually sat in. Um, the the head coach of the Charlotte Checkers who won the Calder Cup this year. He was originally before he went to Charlotte was the 
the head coach of the Plymouth Whalers in the OHL. And the Plymouth Whalers drafted my two nephews, Jordan and JD. And uh, after a few minutes of like staring at him and looking at him, he kind of, I don't know, I just recognized him. And uh, I remember getting a tour of the uh, Plymouth Whalers arena by him. Um, and so that's just my little funny yeah, he, story. He but he was the assistant coach. Um, and, and Waddell said, you know, they were very impressed when he came on and joined the organization. This is a quote. He was a big part of the Checkers championship season last year. And they're excited yeah. to have him take over as head coach. He should, yeah. Yeah, and the head coach of the Checkers left Charlotte to go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, your point stands, Pat. We, we I say we, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, I'm a, a fan now, no doubt. Um, the Sabres will always be in my heart, but uh, <clears throat> there's no doubt uh, Carolina is, is something special right now. And, uh, you know, to have that a AHL farm, uh, you know, league to be able to pull out of, Pretty good, big, right? It's what we've been talking about. We want to see more of that stuff. Um, you know, yeah. good for them. Yeah, they're doing something right. Don Waddell doing something right. He's, I mean, he was uh, one of the runners up of the GM of the year. Did he get the GM of the year? Don Waddell? No, no, he, I forget who got the GM of the year. It was, um, uh, but I was getting into you know he picked up Ryan oh, yeah, and won the Stanley Cup. That just slipped my mind. Um, you were saying that uh, the. Buffalo. Speaking of Buffalo, you know, Matt Cullen, big news, just retired from the NHL. Um, he had a pretty cool video on the NHL network. You guys got to go on and check it out. It actually brought goosebumps uh, to me uh, watching that. But Matt Cullen played for what? Uh, he played for Buffalo. He played for the Minnesota Wild. He actually won a Stanley Cup down here in Carolina. Obviously won three or four cups from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Um, Derek mentioned that since he retired. Um, you know, Chara is now the oldest. He was he was the former oldest player in the NHL. But uh, a lot of the articles I saw on social media and uh, Twitter um, expressed a lot of good things about Matt Cullen, just a top-notch player. Any coach in the league wanted him just because they know that they could put him on the sheet, you know, third, fourth, second, third, fourth line, wherever – and uh, he would plug away all night long. You didn't have to worry about him. He was that guy that came to work every night and got the job done. You didn't have to worry about him off the ice. You didn't have to worry about him on the ice. He was just one of those guys. And, you know, that's probably why he lasted so long. Everybody wanted him on the team. But he retired after 21 NHL seasons, three-time Stanley Cup champion, Hurricanes, and two with the uh, Penguins. The Penguins yeah. He was a second-round second pick in 1996 draft, 35th overall. Pretty big. Good guy. So what's going on with yeah. his uh, arbitration? These free agents filed for arbitration. I guess they're, they can sign before they file arbitration, and then if they don't, you know what's up with that? I don't know much about that, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's a bunch of players that have filed for arbitration. Well, really I sure see that. What the arbitration is is they're letting they're letting a, a quote unquote judge or somebody tell tell them what they should get for their salary, right? So Bennington is one of those guys who's in a predicament, right? He's making whatever, but just won a Stanley Cup and probably thinks he deserves more than whatever he made. 
So when they go to arbitration, they let someone, a third party, basically decide what they should make. Yeah, and that's happening right now. The deadline for that's coming up pretty soon. So they have up until that that date to sign with their current team. It's uh, August 4th. July 20th through August 4th. So I guess it's before the 20th. So we might see some guys signing on that list. All right, boys, uh, let's talk a little bit about those hockey handles that you received, Pat. Those pretty cool or what? I got a pair, too. I haven't broke them out yet, but I'm in the process. You broke them out. I've been grilling quite a bit lately and uh, using my hockey handles. It's hockeyhandles.com. It's pretty cool. It's, uh, you know, your uh, barbecue utensils with hockey sticks up for the handles and they actually got pretty good grip on them you know with the new hockey sticks that are out there um they're kind of like rubbery grippy um handles tacky. which works great uh, tacky yeah so uh really great uh hockeyhandles.com one of our sponsors uh threw all the guys a set of uh barbecue sets and um they actually make more than just barbecue sets they uh they make, uh, you know, the wire brush to clean your golf uh, clubs, especially if you're hacking away out there uh, like he too does. Big um, divots. <laughs> big divots. Um, so you got to clean clean those uh, little ridges out of your golf clubs. But, uh, yeah, check out HockeyHandles.com, and they're pretty cool. They, uh, they have hockey strings so you can hang on your grill. Really cool if you're a hockey fan. Um, you need the these thing, grill. The one thing I like is if you break your stick, you send them your stick, and for 20% off, he'll send you back your own stick, but with the grill utensils. I mean, it's yeah. it's a super cool idea. you got CCM all over the place or, or Bauer or whatever your stick is. I mean, it's awesome. They're, they're great products. Yeah. We, we just used them up on the 4th of July. What can you say? Yeah, yeah it's great. Great talking point when you have your buddies over and you've got uh, cool-ass barbecue utensils and uh, good talking point, too. So they look pretty cool when you're out there flipping your burgers, so check them out. Definitely a cool product. Yeah, it looks pretty cool on your tailor-made bag, too, when you've got a CCM or a Bauer, you know, wired brush hanging off to clean your cubs. It's a good product. They're cool. I like uh, it. Especially, especially if you really suck at grilling, at least you can distract them with your utensils. <laughs> exactly. The grill's on fire. Or on the golf course, you got that hanging off your bag. So, yeah. Go to Hockey Handles with a Z, HockeyHandlesWithAZ.com, and check them out. And uh, like Rob said, send them your old sticks, and uh, he'll use your sticks to make the grill set. 20% off, too. Do it. 20% off. Holla. Well, we had some big news this week, fellas, with the USA women's team taking gold once again, I think it's the fourth time in a row that they've won the World Cup. Um, so pretty big news, a lot of controversy surrounding. I don't think fourth time. Second time? Fourth in the history. Consecutive, right? It's not. I don't know about consecutive. I couldn't say that. You didn't say consecutive, did you? It just seems they win all the time, I guess. But um, <laughs> definitely a big win for you. In history, yeah. So I guess like the Go biggest ahead. controversy, behind, well, there's a couple different things, but one of the biggest things is that now they want to get paid the same amount of money as the men get paid. Oh, and here um, we go. So, you know, this kind of tainted a little bit, in my opinion, some of these, you know, um, the one girl that's, you know, anti-America you know? a little bit, but. Well, I would say anti-America. Definitely anti-America. Well, um, say what you will the about it, the politics of it, but it's just kind of tainted. All I'm saying is a little bit of, 
it's tainted the the win from the USA because there's a lot of girls on there probably don't want any of that to be part of um, what they just accomplished, yeah. right? So for this to be talked about after they come home to win and it, you know not talked about the, the the games themselves, I think is a little bit of bullshit. But um, the other part is the, the um, they don't get paid anywhere near the what the men get paid. But uh, you know part of that is that FIFA generates a lot more money off the world the men's World Cup. So I mean, I don't know how you can, I mean, technically any women's sport gets paid less than any men's sports. You can't say, well, we, we the women's uh, NHL league, they should, when they start, they need to pay people $10 million for their franchise players. It's just not going to happen. Right. You got to have the ad revenue and the viewership and all that stuff. Money, right? So it's just like any men's sport seems to get paid more because they have a lot more money coming into their leagues based on sponsorships and TV rights and all that other bullshit. So it's kind of hard to say, well, we'll pay you the same thing. But that's just my take on that. Yeah, well, they did say the, the viewership, sorry, uh, um, for the Women's World Cup was up 25% from the Men's World Cup. So that's pretty big. And uh, just to elaborate on that, yeah, I, I can see both sides of the story. I mean, why why are we going to pay you millions of dollars for when you don't even produce millions of dollars a and uh but on the other side b if the fifa uh, usa soccer is a whole men's and women it's a whole right it's not they have x amount of dollars it has to be split up evenly just yeah. you know i see both sides well the, uh, the just to get on a factual basis the uh men's <laughs> The men's world, Cup, <laughs> the men's World Cup. Last time the men's World Cup was played, it brought in like uh, six billion dollars. The four wow. year, the four year lead up, and then included the four year lead up leading to the World Cup. So all their exhibition games, all that kind of stuff, friendlies for the women and the women's World Cup combined over that four year process made 131 million dollars, as opposed to six billion. When you see that divide, I mean, you can understand why there's a big yeah. gap, you know. So. That's just that's just true numbers. Comics. Yeah. Well, there's um if you talk about um the USA hockey and the women actually get paid more than the men. The women each get I think fifty thousand dollars a year, and I don't think the men get paid at all. So, I mean that's a little bit something different. The men obviously a lot of them have NHL contracts, but um, the women get paid by USA hockey. But anyways, just you know, with all that shit to the side, did you guys watch the game? I watched every bit. Every second, it was nail biting. You know, I'm a soccer player um, myself. I played all through high school. I don't think that was a penalty kick for um, the first goal that U.S. scored. Um, yeah, it was malicious. It was high, but she was going for the ball. I guess I'm old school. She didn't touch the ball. It kind of clipped uh, the girl. But I mean, come on, it didn't even really clipper that hard but uh it was action-packed the whole game it should have been four five nothing usa for sure had a lot of good chances really great game and huge for uh um, usa women's soccer and um women's usa women's soccer has been dominating the last couple of years so uh, big shout out to the usa women's soccer yeah, and um, just to touch on that a little bit, when I was at the uh, Level 4 clinic up in Lake Placid last year at the USA Hockey Clinic, um, one of the things that they talked about was when they're trying to develop hockey players now and how they've tried, instead of trying to steal European techniques and do things that Europeans do, they were trying to 
through their own concepts um, to be better than the Europeans. And one of the things that they looked at and one of the programs they looked at was USA Soccer and what USA Soccer was doing in, with uh, their youth kids, uh, men and women. So um, it's actually, they, they actually went and looked at a different sport in the United States to try to make hockey players better. And what, why was USA Soccer so dominant, especially the women? So it's actually, um, USA Hockey is based some of their skills and stuff like that, based on what the soccer teams are doing. Interesting. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that, you know, because we've been trying to copy the Europeans for a while now. Um, when we went back to, you know, small ice and stuff like that, develop better hands scoring because the NHL is getting pissed at the top 10 players or not U.S. players, right? And they're mostly USA teams. So that was kind of the concept of the USA wants wants USA players to be on top of those stat sheets, right? So they're trying to develop better players here. And um, so now they're trying to create their own the United States-based techniques to get better than the Europeans opposed to trying to copy what they do. So, interesting. Very. Yeah, the Europeans yeah. don't even play games till like, uh, I think they're like 14 or something like that. They just practice. They don't even play games. Yeah. It's not a big part. And like where they talk about minor hockey, they pay, play like 80 games as a minor hockey 10-year-old. <laughs> so, yeah. definitely different. All right, sure. boys. We are going to Kick it back old school with Brianna Decker. Um, Brianna Decker is a podcast that we did back on August 22nd, 2018. Um, great, great podcast with her. We're going to leave it with you guys to listen to a little bit of what um, she had to say about the Women's Hockey League. And uh, coming off that World Cup, we'll get a little bit of women's hockey in here. So take a listen to that. And until next time, folks, keep your stick on the ice. Do ya! Oh, doctor. Sweet Keep your head up. Meow. Meow. Hey, hockey moms. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. Out. Jocelyn Lamoureux. Two goals apiece in the shootout. Lamoureux moving in on Zabinas. She deeps and scores! Gosh, that's electrifying. That's as good as you're going to see anywhere. Great move, great hands, great deception. Finding the hole right there. We saw her take a shootout earlier in this tournament, unable to capitalize. Makes it count today. Must beat Rooney to keep Canada's hopes alive. She is stuck! The United States wins gold in Pyeongchang! And our special guest tonight, Brianna Decker, with the Calgary Inferno now. How are you doing, Brianna? Good, how are you doing? First of all, am I saying your name correctly? Is it Brianna or Brianna? It's Brianna, but uh, living in different places in the U.S., I get both, and I'm, I respond to both, <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I actually heard, I've heard both, so I wasn't really sure. Where are you tonight? Uh, I'm actually in Minnesota. Uh, I've been helping run a girls' clinic out in Minnesota this last few days. So it's been a pretty good uh, experience over here. So were you up in Lake Placid a little while ago? Yeah, I was in Lake Placid for about a week and a half and then um, helping out. I'm actually coaching the U18 for the U.S. team this year. And so I'm assistant coach for them. So I helped out there for about a week and then headed to Calgary because there was a series against Canada. Oh, nice. So are you um, 
When is the uh, U18 championships? When's that happening? Um, they're in January. So, and they're actually the world championship are actually in Japan this year. So it'll be a pretty exciting trip for not only the staff, but for the young players as well. So has your summer been hanging out, relaxing a little bit? Yeah, it's been a mixture of um, rather working out or working camps. Had quite a bit of weddings to go to as well this summer. And so that's been kind of a hard balance, but I've been able to do everything that I've wanted to do and been traveling a lot. So um, I can't complain. Nice. Yeah, you're at the age like 28. Everybody's getting married. So you just spend money every other weekend and <laughs> have a good time. Exactly. And then when you're in the wedding, you're spending more money. So. Yeah, it's crazy. So how how is that going to work, uh, Brianna, for you going to Japan, playing in the uh, CWHL? Are you going to be able to do both? Yeah, I've talked to the, uh, the Infernal, and they understand, obviously, I'm going to have commitments, whether it's my, my own playing career with the U.S. team or if I'm coaching for the U18. So, yeah, when I, kick, when I go to Japan, it's going to be obviously a pretty big break for me, but they're nothing but supportive um, with that. Perfect. So, Brianna, I... Listen, I was um, I was kind of looking at your resume and I was feeling pretty good about where I've come from in my life to where I am now. And then I read about you and I thought, holy shit, what have I done with myself? But <laughs> does the fact where like does the fact that you have accomplished all these things in your life kind of feel somewhat surreal even to you or? Um, honestly, I don't really think about it too much. I think um, you talk to a lot of the, like the team that I'm on and the U.S. team or a lot of the players aren't that I surround myself with, we all have these expectations that we set out to do and goals that we set out to reach. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to hit a lot of those. I, I think I still have more in my pocket that I want to, you know, be able to reach and hit, but, and obviously coaching um, is one of them and being able to be a successful coach as well. But kind of, I, I don't think about it too often, but when I'm on interviews like this, people tend to mention them and it's, um, I guess I'm thankful for the experiences that I've had. Would you say your parents are proud of you, you think? <laughs> yeah, my parents are very proud of me. <laughs> How about your brothers? Do your brothers uh, still play hockey? Uh, no, they, no one lo no longer plays. Uh, my two older brothers uh, stopped playing a, a while ago. Um, my younger brother just finished D3 hockey for um, UW-Concordia in Milwaukee. So he's done. Uh, now he's got a uh, you know, nine-to-five big guy job. Right. So, Brianna, I, I'm curious, how, you know, tell us about your history. How, how did you get here? You know, I read a little bit how you, you know, grew up uh, watching your brothers play, and that's how you get started. But, uh, you know, please share with us and, you know, your your listeners, uh, your your history, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I grew up with three brothers and two older, one younger, and they got me playing, playing hockey. Uh, kind of started out in the pond, but they just, I put on the driveway all the time, street hockey with them as well. But I just, um, I found a passion for it when I was younger. And I give my brothers, though, a lot of credit in regards to making me as competitive as I am. Definitely hate losing. And so that, um, I think that has to do probably more so with my older brothers when I was younger. But my younger brother caught up to me pretty quick. So I had to get on a competitive train every day with them. But, uh, yeah, so I grew up in a yeah, small town, Wisconsin, and I ended up, just kind of, you know, I ended up going to prep school for high school in Minnesota at Shattuck St. Mary's. But when I was younger, uh, there was only really boys hockey around. And so um, I played youth boys hockey growing up. And from there, yeah, I went to prep school, like I said. And now it's my goal right now is kind of to grow the game, grow women's sports, women's hockey especially. 
uh, to have those youth programs for women's hockey be great programs for young girls to play in. That's awesome. I mean, what you've accomplished is uh, big time. And actually, my, my nephew is Jordan Greenway, and he went to uh, Shattuck St. Mary's also. So I've been out there. Big big hockey farm. Oh, yeah. Greenway, <laughs> What what do you do besides hockey? Like, uh, are you a water skier or uh, let's get off the hockey topic? What's uh, what do you typically like to do? I mean, since you mentioned water skiing, that would be pretty amazing. But um, I I hadn't done that too much growing up. But um, I I love golfing in the summer. Obviously, a lot of hockey players love to golf. But um, love playing golf. And I mean, I know it's like obviously bringing it back to hockey, like coaching and stuff. But I do really enjoy coaching and hanging out with other coaches as well, learning a lot then. But I guess another hobby of mine would just be traveling. Um, I really enjoy it. And I'm, I'm hoping to be able to travel a little bit more once I'm done with hockey so I can experience more places and depth and not just go from hotel to rink, hotel to rink. Where's the, the destination you still want to, you know, you want to travel to? Um, I, haven't, I haven't been over to like Italy or, um, or Ireland. So like those are my two that I would probably want to hit up right away. And then um, probably Australia as well. I think uh, you said you didn't want to be traveling in hotels and stuff, but I think you're going to be a, a coach in one of the leagues you're playing in eventually. So I think uh, you're going to be traveling for a while in hotels. Yeah, I hope so. Um, that'd be awesome if I could eventually be a coach for one of the pro teams. And, you know, hopefully the leagues by that point too are even more substantial than they are now. So is the coach in the Calgary, Coach Miller? That who's out there? Yeah, Shannon. Yeah, Shannon Miller just was announced the coach uh, like a few weeks ago, months ago. So how's that going to be played for her? Do you know her, or do you just know of her? No, I I I've only met her a couple times personally. Um, but she coached at Minnesota Duluth, and so she was coaching at Minnesota Duluth when I was at Wisconsin. So we played against her obviously a few times. Very good coach, very intelligent. Um, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot from her. Nice, that's cool. Hey, Shaver, you still with us? No, we lost John. Oh, I think I'm good. Oh, he is. Okay. Good. There he is. Good. <laughs> Am I good? Yeah, you're good, buddy. I made it. Do you have a question, John? So, uh, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> what's something you would like to see incorporated in women's hockey? Would you like to see maybe contact, possibly, coming from uh, playing with boys growing up? Is that something you would be with? You know, it's something I kind of um, have teetered with a little bit. Uh, I forget that question a decent amount. I think being a smaller player, I enjoy that there's not contact. Um, but at the same time, I, I love the aggression. I love the physicality that we have. And I think it'd be awesome if we could somehow incorporate like checking, you know, only along the boards, like no, um, open ice checks. I think, you know, if we were to incorporate or open ice checks, I think a lot of, it would be really tough for a lot of us to transition because I think we do get caught with our head down quite a bit, but obviously when you get the more elite, elite level, it's less of that, but it'd be pretty cool if there was a little bit more physicality allowed. Probably draw a little more spectators if you got uh, um, contact in there. Maybe some fighting. Are you a good fighter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. fighting. I, I mean, I probably could give some girls a run for their money. Maybe you know all the ones that are you know five, you know five foot five and shorter. But that's about it. <laughs> well, well, Ty Domi is pretty small. He's a fighter. But Brianna, talk a little bit about the Olympics. The gold medal winner. I mean, that's got to be crazy. You've been on numerous talk shows all over the place. I think you were on the Ellen show, right? Um, we're not. We're yeah. yeah, I mean, it's unreal. I mean, it's is it still surreal to you? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I really feel like because we've been so busy since we've won, it's been about 
I think it's they, someone said it was six months today or yesterday, but um, since we've won, but it's like who's counting? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. But it's pretty surreal. Um, hasn't really set in. I think you know we yeah we we went to a lot of celebrity shows. We went to a lot of NHL games. A lot of NHL um, teams supported us and were allowed you know allowed us to drop the puck and recognize us, which was really cool. I think, um, you know, the, one of the best things has been able to go home back to Wisconsin. Um, went home in May for a couple weeks. And being able to share it with everyone from there was pretty pretty awesome. I think just knowing they supported me my entire career and being able to go back and share it with them, it meant a lot to them. So we had uh, Troy Terry on last week, and he was talking a little bit about his uh, shootout experience in the U18s. Want to give us a little bit about your perspective of the, the shootout in the Olympics? Yeah, I mean... Well, from my perspective, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to shoot, so I want to get the best spot on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> um, but besides that, it was um, I was pretty confident in our team. Not like once during the shootout that I think we like weren't going to like take home the gold. So that was kind of an awesome feeling. But as soon as it, all five shooters won for each team, when then when we had to go first and Dawson had to shoot first before Canada, I was like pretty. I actually got pretty nervous. Like my stomach kind of dropped. So. That was um, my perspective. Uh, a couple of my, a lot of everyone watched the shootout except for Casey Bellamy, defenseman on our team. She didn't watch one shot either way, so she just had head <laughs> down, like in, behind everybody standing. So, but it's like no one knew that she was doing that until you know post shootout, post win, because she's like no, everyone was watching the entire thing. I think all of us here, you know, are are all ex hockey players and stuff, and I think I enjoyed watching the girls play in the Olympics more than I enjoyed watching the men, to be honest. I, I thought it was a little bit more fun to watch, frankly. So uh, I appreciate it a great deal. And thank you. That was awesome. No, it's great for the sport too. Was it 20 years since they, they won the gold? So yeah, 20 years. One of the uh, guys on here, Rob, he always said if he won a gold medal when he was a kid, he was going to melt it down and get gold teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, not going to lie. I've had, I've thought about it. It'd be yeah. nice to have yeah. a girl like that. But not yeah, yeah. See, it's not a crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have to win in four years again and maybe think about it. There you there go. That's pretty cool with gold girl. Let's get into a little more uh, of a detailed topic with you. Is just about the two women's hockey league, the Canadian Hockey League and the uh, American League. I know you went from uh, Canadian to American back to Canadian. To me, it's is it a touchy subject or no? Um, can you kind of talk a little bit about that? First of all, yeah, can you no, explain I mean, the difference between the two leagues and, the, the you know, yeah. for everybody listening? Some of us don't know anything, Brianna. Okay, so, yeah, so the NWHL, um, it's, it's based out of the U.S., and there's four teams in it. There's the New York Riveters, Buffalo Buttes, uh, Connecticut Whale, and then the Boston Pride. So I played for that, um, that league uh, for two years. And it, it's a three-year-old league now. So uh, that's kind of the basis behind that. And they were, like, the first women's league to ever pay uh, their players. So that was one reason that we kind of jumped on board um, initially with the league, but also being able to grow the game in the U.S. as well. Um, I know that we need to do that better and, you know, be a bigger, have a bigger part in that. So that's kind of the NWHL. The CWHL is based out of Canada, but there is one actually based out of China. This will be their second year. And then... A CWHL team that's based out of Boston, Boston Blades. So um, I played on the Blades before, uh, four years ago or three years ago now. I think four years ago now, yeah. 
And so and they have about six teams in their league, you know, Montreal, Toronto, Calgary. And so between the leagues, it's not a touchy su- subject to talk about them. I think maybe because I've played in both leagues, so I've kind of actually can talk about them. But uh, both trying, they both are paying their players now a little bit of a salary. I think it's mostly preference what you want to play in. Um, there's a lot of national team players uh, for both leagues that play in the leagues. But then there's also players who have only played in college and have are now deciding they still want to play hockey um, professionally. So either way, um, it's kind of preference and location of where you want to live. Yeah, and they're also um, in the Canadian League, they have twice as many games, don't they? Yeah, that as well. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also like looking like playing in Calgary would be awesome to actually play with some of the Canadian players. I don't know a lot of them off the ice that well, but obviously pretty familiar with them on the ice um but i'm excited to play with them you know they're obviously very dedicated and talented athletes as well so it'd be fun to be able to compete with them for once instead of against and one of your teammates from wisconsin and also on team usa hillary knight has also gone to montreal correct yeah correct yep so uh is there a hashtag one league movement going on right now yeah honestly (laughs) i think for us players for all of us players, but especially the national team players for Canada and for the U.S., uh, that's our goal is to have one league. I think um, it will be the most substantial thing that we can have. It's, it's hard to grow the game when they're, we're all spread out, but if we can have one league and you know have the NHL possibly back us up in the league, that would be a huge statement for women's hockey and help grow the game a little bit faster. And the Americans will surely dominate, I'm sure. I, I mean, I think so, too. You're right on. <laughs> I mean, it only makes sense to get one league to, you know, get everyone in, involved into that one league and build up to a championship like the NHL. I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, I'm just hoping that for women's hockey that uh, both commissioners can come together and, you know, kind of get figured out because, I mean, I, I don't know what they're stalling at. I don't know. I guess I don't know behind the scenes of um, why they're not control or yeah, what it is. We're in the same boat too. Like us players don't understand some of that behind the scenes stuff, but I think it, you know, it may take us players to make a statement and figure something out together and work at something together to help uh, the one league idea come together faster. It only makes sense. And I, and I hope it does. Um, this is our actually our 20 what third podcast. So we're starting a calendar, maybe a calendar of like the uh, sports illustrated shot you guys did the body issue. <laughs> yeah, we're thinking, we're thinking Rob will be our lead. Uh, yeah, our cover, our cover model. We're thinking. Okay, yeah, as long as you have a grill. <laughs> <laughs> for all you listeners out there that didn't know, uh, there was a body cover for Illustrated. Were you on the cover or no? I don't think uh, we were on some of the covers. They like have different covers, like for different areas of the U.S. I think. So what Sports Illustrated does is takes like body shots of professional athletes, football players, baseball players, primarily pretty much with no clothes on. And they got the U.S. women's uh, hockey team with shots from behind, butt naked. You guys are butt naked out on the ice, eh? Oh, yeah. It's pretty cold out there. (laughs) (laughs) Was that kind of weird? There had to be numerous people out there, right? I mean, at least four Um, or five years. Oh yeah, there was probably like six or seven people, and I think our head, <laughs> the head photo, head photo guy is a guy, which obviously like it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> but 
Lucky you become pretty uh, comfortable with everyone quickly. <laughs> so did your uh, your father, your brothers have any issues with you doing that? Um, well, I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> did, but um, they, some of them, I mean, they were like super cool. But we never, I, it's like a thing with my brothers and my dad I never talked about. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd see that'd be a little bit awkward, but... Uh, I've only looked at yeah. it once, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we, we knew we'd have a problem with Pat behaving all the way through the show, so. <laughs> I was waiting for his true colors to come out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, four beers deep. That usually comes out then. <laughs> Why don't you finish? I, I think it's, I mean, truly, it's, I mean, I look at it like it's an honor to talk to you. I think with all that you've accomplished in your Absolutely. career and stuff like that, I think, yep. I think it's an absolute honor to talk to you. I think, uh, I mean, you're kind of like the Connor McDavid of the, uh, you know, of women's hockey, and in our opinion, anyways. And awesome, you want to, you want to, whoever. Yeah, I mean, let's compare it to whoever the big, the big guys are. But um, no, you, want, you want to talk McDavid. a bit? I'll take Connor. Yeah, I want, Connor I want Connor McDavid. Connor yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's hot. Yeah, they actually, um, they said like your 2015 season. If, if you compared it to Connor McDavid and the amount of games you played, you would have had like uh, 150 points in an NHL season, which would be surpassing <laughs> all of the the men. So I think you're doing all right. Yeah, I mean, the leagues are a little different. Yeah, little but that's too bad. <laughs> Let's not take away anything from yourself. But do you want to talk any, a bit at all about any of the uh, kind of the charity work you do? Like we saw something about the Rise Against Hunger. Um, do you want to talk a bit yeah. about that? Yeah, so um, I'm involved with the nonprofit um, Rise Against Hunger. Their goal is to end hunger, world hunger by 2030. And so I got involved with them actually prior to the Olympics and was able to sell T-shirts with their lo- logo on it and um, with my, my last name on in the back as well. And then I just took um, half the proceeds and uh, donated them to Rise Against Hunger. So I'm involved with them. And I don't know, it's just like a huge, I think I've um, always been willing to, and wanting to get involved with a nonprofit, and this one kind of came about. It's been going great so far, and I'm continuing to give back and help out with different events with them as well. Nice. Uh, I had one question for you. My daughter, who's a hockey player, hockey fan, she wanted me to ask you. Um, Charlotte wanted to ask, what is your favorite ice cream? Great. <laughs> Tell her first off, great question. It's my favorite food. I mean, <laughs> like, I can't have it often, but when I do, um, favorite flavor would probably be chocolate chip cookie dough yeah, yeah staple. like with dip dip in, like a cone dipped in sprinkles <laughs> that's pretty american right there i'll give you <laughs> i have a question for you we'll go around the horn here guys everybody come up with a question for vienna that doesn't have to do with hockey so if you um if you go out with your friends to a club do you prefer beer or some kind of girly cocktail well, I'm from Wisconsin, so hands down, beer. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Are you a, uh, do you play Fortnite at all? I don't. I don't. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> she just missed it. She's 28, so. <laughs> yeah. Brianna, we're, we're from New York, so tell us something about Wisconsin that, you know, us Yankees wouldn't know. Uh, the Friday Night Fish Fry is a must-have. Friday night fish fried. Yeah. What kind of fish is being fried? Uh, it's cod. It's there's uh, there's also walleye. There's honestly, I don't know. I just get usually big, the big fish every Friday night if I go home. But 
other than that, you got to try the cheese curds too. They're fried cheese curds. So. Fried cheese. Like Basically, every food. Basically, <laughs> every food you don't like, don't like that isn't healthy. You should come to Wisconsin because that's where it's at. Perfect. Sounds exactly the same as here. What's the uh, what's the what's the favorite hot spot restaurant when you go back to Wisconsin? Uh man. Um, from a small town, so. Give the little guy a shout out. I should. Um, the Five O'Clock Club is uh, out of Pewaukee, Wisconsin, which is a little further out of town from me, but that's definitely a spot where we go for Friday Fish Fry. Awesome. Five O'Clock Club. How about you, Shaver? Got a question for us? Is uh, Camp Randall on a Saturday the craziest place in college football? Yes, uh, definitely. I was gonna, that's why I was going to give a couple bars a shout-out in Madison for uh, a good place to go, but um yes it's insane and it's i'm so happy and so thankful that i went to college there because it was very fun how about aaron Rodgers, you fan yep he's my favorite male athlete favorite female athlete would be serena williams nice well i think we got the bases covered on all the uh questions for brianna we appreciate you coming on to the blue line hockey club it's been great talking to you and uh i think we'd like to get a couple of your friends from from usa hockey on sometime too and chat with them so we appreciate you coming on and talk to us yeah, no problem. Thank you all. Yeah, thanks, thanks. again. Yep. Come thanks on again. I appreciate it. it. Come on again. We'll promote your uh, hockey league. All right. Awesome. Have a good night. All right. Bye. All right. Vienna Decker coming on tonight. That was pretty cool. Our first female interview. Right. And we went right to the top. She's uh, yeah. probably Rob one of the best his, in the world. Rob, Rob took his shirt off when she came on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it started to get warm. Good things she couldn't see. I knew we should have her video. <laughs> No, but she is uh, she is uh, arguably the best woman hockey player out there right now. So that's pretty cool to get her on the show and have uh, somebody with her status and not having somebody that we uh, I must betray. I thought we just got Shaver on here and he has his shirt off too. So <laughs> sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> no, she. I mean, she's she's the top female professional hockey player and to get a gold medal winner on podcast is awesome. And, uh, I, I hope we get her and more, uh, um, of her colleagues, I guess, if you want to call them on the show to promote the league. And to me, I mean, Shaver, what do you think? It's, is it not a no brainer to join the two leagues? Like there's gotta be something where they don't like each other. I don't understand to, for, for both of them to join, I think their revenue is going to increase. Like, what is what is the problem? Like, I, I don't, what could it be? I think I think without I think without really knowing, it's all money, which most things are. When I was interested that she said that one of the leagues is run by a company out of China, which is yeah. trying to grow the game, which was kind of odd to me. But if they could combine them and get maybe six teams in the states and six teams up north, women's hockey at that level actually is fun to watch because it flows really well. They don't block a lot of shots. They're not in the corner a lot. It just it's constant movement and they have skills, man. So it's actually it could work. I just they need to get one league with you know maybe ten teams. Yeah, and if they had one league, they could try to get a TV contract, you know, and get those TV rights to produce more money for the leagues. And you know, one league probably doesn't want to give up their status. It's, you know, who's going to take over the CWHL or the NWHL, you know, so they've probably got a little pride there going to. Yeah. They just got to find their niche. You know, it's, 
I go up, obviously, we, you know, being here in Canton, we watch uh, my wife and I and uh, my son go up and watch some of the women's uh, college games. And I, I really enjoy watching it, to be honest with you. I, I really do. It's really a finesse game. It's uh, it's really enjoyable to watch. And I think if they find their right niche, you know, kind of, you know, market it properly, I think, you know, they, they, there's something to it for sure. I think well, if they I, piggyback, piggyback off the NHL, that would help. If they could get some teams involved and maybe little feeder programs like with Buffalo being there, Boston Pride being there, um, maybe do an afternoon game before a Sabres 7 o'clock game, something like that to get people into the rink. I don't know. I, I think it would take off. But just like you guys said, they got to get uh, both leagues together. I don't think they're playing in the big venues yet either. I don't think they play in the NHL rinks. So if they could do that as well and get the bigger venues to get people to come out, you know, it's more exciting to go to uh, the NHL arenas to play for fans to watch, I guess I should say. To Shaver's point, that's a great idea to have a game before an NHL game. I mean, I mean, you, you, you got people who go there early anyways, you know, that are out in the parking lot tailgating and boozing. Why not get, get them a, a, you know, a $10 ticket or, you know, whatever, Get them in the the doors to watch them play. They just have to get together. It's it's almost to me. It's almost stupid that they're not getting together. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, it'll get there, man. You, you look at the growth of the like even just in like the past ten years, like where women's hockey has come. You know, over the last last decade. I mean, it's it's night and day. You know what I mean? So it, it'll get there. It's just uh, the quality of play is starting to go through the roof. You know what I mean? These these girls are legit major athletes now, you know what I mean? And they, uh, it, it'll get there just the time, I believe. I, the game has evolved so much in such a short time as it is. I, I think it would just take a couple people seeing the game, and then uh, I think they would get hooked. Hockey's hockey. Uh, at that level, it's good to watch. It just People aren't getting the opportunity to really see it right now, so I think if they could do it, it, it would take off. And at the minor hockey level, too, women's hockey is – has really taken off so you could kind of market it to those young girls that are playing now and have them be able to go watch professional women play. Yeah, for sure. What's going on in the NHL these days now? Any any news on anything? I did see that Carlson talks are heating up again, but nothing has happened. Vancouver has come into the mix with him, and also Dallas and Tampa are still being talked about. But I don't know, Shaver, have you heard anything on that? They said something about Vancouver today, and then Elliot Friedman talked to their GM, and he obviously denied it. They have no, haven't even talked about it. He's not going to Vancouver, I don't think. They're not yeah. close yet. If he's going somewhere, he's going to dictate where he's going to go, and they're going to trade him and get a boatload. Because if they don't, next July he's gone for nothing. So they yeah, need right. to do something. But exactly. I saw Rangers something. picked up a shitty goalie. Did you see that, Derek? I did. I don't even. I didn't even know the guy's name to be honest with you. So I can't. I mean, that's not taking any away from. But I, I saw it and I was like, oh well, big fucking deal. But anyways, yeah, it's. I don't know. I I think I don't know who's who is. He's not designed to be there to be a backup to Lundqvist, though, is he? Well, he's coming in to be one of the backups, possibly if the current backup doesn't work out. Yeah. No. I I saw that and I was like, yeah. Don't know who that guy is, but anyways, yeah, it's. Uh, who knows? I, I think they have a they have such a young you know they're trying to go so young. There's got to be somebody down in the, you know in the kind of the farm system of, of the Rangers that can contribute. I think quicker than 
signing a guy like that, but we'll see. Pat and I were talking earlier. <clears throat> I think, you know, I think we could do a lot better with our farm systems. We need to, you know, tie them into USA hockey and in our current systems now. We're, we're shedding a lot of players that are just getting burnt out. We were just saying one player might make it, but two, three, four, five are falling off. But if we could just keep more into those systems where they could play a little bit longer, they might just develop into a, you know, the, the talent. Think of some of the players we play with now in men's league that you're like, holy shit. Now, I'm not saying some of those guys are going to play. Don't take me wrong. Don't talk about me. Don't talk about me. What I am saying is if there was a place for them to grow a little bit further beyond college or juniors, you know, just a little bit past that, then, you know, you might be able to keep more players in from within the, you know, the system. There was actually just uh, an article that Mark was talking about how these NHL teams are uh, starting to build practice facilities newer practice facilities and they're actually making money off them because they're you know you, you take a practice facility it's just kind of the basic barn with uh two to four locker rooms and they're getting corporate sponsors to put their name on that building and uh growing hockey that way which makes sense if you, if you take uh the hurricanes down here in north carolina who have been on you know the cusp of uh, bankruptcy and they're trying all these different things. Um, to me, why don't you guys build a couple rinks in the north, the south, the west, or the east, just the basic barn and get these kids out there on the ice and that actually grows the sport. I mean, you're talking seventy, eighty thousand dollars to build a rink and um, you know, getting those kids on the ice, even if it's public skating you know, they get infatuated with the sport of hockey and that leads to buying t-shirts, wanting their dad to take them to, you know, the Hurricanes games, things like that. I mean, they got to think outside the box to grow this sport. Yeah, just to touch on that a little bit, Pat, it's actually, they're not building $70,000, rinks. Uh, the Blues just broke ground on their practice rink, $68 million rink, 275,000 square feet with four rinks in it. And, just a little uh, while, just a little while. Just a little bit, but in the Minnesota Wild, um, just opened up their new practice rink as well, and they have uh, 540,000 square feet with like a Treasure Island Center in downtown St. Paul, which I'm assuming is like a uh, some kind of attraction for kids and shit like that. So these teams, what they're doing is they're creating these practice facilities with other rinks in, in the cities because in the city area, it's just not a lot of rinks for kids to play at. So if they want to play, they have four rinks at these practice facilities and they're opening up a lot of them to the public. So they have like, I think one of the rinks, they have like 5,000 hours for public rentals. Um, another rink, it's like 94% of it's for public rentals. Basically, they're trying to bring all these kids in to play in these rinks with, all, you know, sell merchandise and all this other stuff like you talk about, get them involved, get them to you know, become fans of the teams. And also you talked about naming rights where the the regular arenas are getting four to six million dollars for naming rights, but the practice facilities now are getting anywhere from seven hundred and fifty thousand to a million dollars 
to have their name on that building. So that's another way they're generating money for their teams. You know, so it's kind of becoming another business on the side as far as where these guys are practicing. The last thing I'm going to talk about is that they're building these facilities to recruit players to come play there. So if you got a guy that comes in to look at the organization and wants to sign with your team, you take them to your practice facility and say, hey, look, this is what we have to offer. And they have gyms in there, uh, players' lounges, nutrition places for them to eat. So they have all of these other amenities for the players, opposed to some of the older practice facilities that are just a barn. So teams are starting to upgrade to help lure guys into their arena. John, you want to touch on? Do they have lardy stores in there? They better. The uh, the Red Wings new facility has a 1500 seat practice facility in it that the Little Caesars program plays out of. So when you come out of their locker room, you take a left and you go onto the new sheet of ice where it's 20,000 seats, or they take a right and go to a rink with 1,500 seats in it, and it's absolutely ridiculous. So like you said, guys that are they're trying to pick up as free agents, they you know, wheel them through there and then say, hey, your kid's eight years old, he's nine years old, he's going to play for Little Caesars when he gets here anyway. Here's his practice rink. You're going to go to practice, and your kid's going to go to practice at the same time. It's unreal, yeah. this rink. But it's unreal. It's nicer than any barn we've played in growing up even anywhere. It's, and it's all, all their banners are in there. The kids are in there. They have programs every day. It's crazy. Yeah, it's becoming a, a real thing for the NHL to spend money on that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah. yeah, they're just trying to see one of the rinks. I think they said there was like, uh, like a ridiculous amount of locker rooms, like, 25 locker rooms and you know like just the ability to like house big tournaments for youth hockey and all this other stuff so bringing teams in from outside the area not just their metropolitan area too is it nicer than the golden dome though or probably not any fucking hotter (laughs) (laughs) nothing's nicer the ice is terrible it's a nice facility (laughs) looks like epcot center it, it never did us any favors playing you guys, though. It was, it's just a shit show. So, But uh, it's pretty neat to see from the outside. Looks like a big golf ball. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Speaking of golf, we got a little golf match going on tomorrow. What's we got going on? Peters going, uh, D-Train, myself. Yeah, and, be a lot of fun. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Greenway is going to hit the sticks with us. Big wager on that one. I think it was it was oh. $1,000 a guy. You guys want cheap, cheap fox. How would you do uh, Shaver in the Molson? Uh, pretty good. Uh, 18 holes, we shot 10 under. I drank a bottle and a half of Crown Royal and two liters of ginger ale, so it was a good turnout. <laughs> that, that's wow. why you shot so good. That's why you did well. Yeah, it was not, not bad. Uh, did you walk off the course? Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. I, uh, we put eight of us in one uh, Ford truck and drove her down to our buddy's house to keep the party rolling. Had a ping pong tournament. And, uh, <laughs> I never w- went to the boys' club, so I lost first round. I-, I had trouble. I didn't know if I was right or left-handed with the ping pong paddle, so <laughs> I struggled with it. Couldn't decide. <laughs> What's that tournament for? Uh, which one? Our old timers tournament? The Molson, the one you played in. Uh, that's for our men's hockey team. Um, we'll just take some of that money and give it to uh, minor hockey. And then we split it up other ways. Like we bought uh, stuff for the new arena, coat racks. Um, we bought One year we bought a bunch of med kits. And 
I don't know, just whatever minor hockey needs. We kind of throw a little money their way and just uh, a reason in the summer to get a bunch of guys that like hockey and golf together. You don't necessarily have to like either two of them. So I don't know, we usually have a good turnout. We had 20 teams this year, so it was good. Yeah, it's a good time. Good for the youth hockey. So, guys, we have um, – I think the first preseason game is the 15th of September. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I read that. Um, so that means camp's got to be starting, like, now, right? Like, ASAP? Yeah. Jordan's got to report back here on, uh, I think, Thursday, a week from tomorrow. He actually takes out from uh, Syracuse on Friday. So uh, I guess Minnesota is back into full swing, yes. So I'm assuming everything else is, everyone else is. creeping in. It's creeping in. Yeah, so I think that starts starts up in three weeks here, and we have 110 preseason games to talk about before the season starts. So that's a lot of preseason hockey. That is a lot. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to the Blue Line Hockey Club. We appreciate you checking us out on our website and Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you're sharing our stuff and getting it out there across the country. And if you want to hear us talk to Kerry Frazier next week, he is a legend in the referee world, he's uh, 13 Stanley Cup finals. He's refed in almost 2,000 games. So tune in next week for that exciting episode. Until next time, folks, keep your stick on the ice. Tell you. Tell you. Keep your head up. Tell you. Tell you. Tell you.